Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, the podcast that brings you practical advice, lessons, and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now, your host, Anthony Taylor. Welcome, folks, to this episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. My guest today is Latanya Wilkins. Latanya, what's happening today? Hey, it's a nice sunny day in Chicago, so I, I'm trying to enjoy that while I can. Excellent. I got a trip to Chicago in about six weeks, and I'm super excited. But oh, apparently, it's be great. <laughs> the Cubs <laughs> and the White Sox are playing in Atlanta, so I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. But that's oh. another story. <laughs> Uh, so for our listeners, Latanya is the founder of Change Coaches and the author of a best-selling book, Leading from Below the Surface. Latanya, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what's exciting for you right now. Yeah, so lots of exciting things in the world. So as you said, Anthony, I run a company called Change Coaches, and we work with leaders around the world to create cultures of belonging. We also work with them to create other large-scale culture change. And I wrote a book called Leading Below the Surface, How to Build Real and Psychologically Safe Relationships with People Who Are Different From You. Dropped last October. The audiobook dropped this year, so it's cool. Everything's done now. And it's uh, just been really exciting because I've just been very busy with keynotes. The book is really resonating. It's very exciting. And I've been able to help people change their cultures for real. And so that's just been such an honor and a privilege. And it's something that I am grateful for every day that I get to change the world in this way. Awesome. I love that. So as I was looking at your LinkedIn, which I encourage everybody to connect with you after, you've made a career out of like learning and development and really like focusing on, on the people development side. So before I ask you um, about the kind of belonging piece, because I'm super curious about that, can you tell me, you know, what are some of those big things that you learned like in your journey? Obviously some of them are in the book, but what are some of those like two or three big ahas that kind of guide everything that you do yeah. as you develop teams? Yeah. The number one thing is, so I think you're asking me environmentally what I've learned in my career and what's happened and also individually, personally. So number one is organizations don't care about belonging enough. And there's actually a disconnect between organizations and employees when it comes to belonging, or sorry, employers when it comes to belonging. Employers think all these other things are really important to employees or they put them higher up on the totem pole, such as remote work. While that's important, the number one thing that employees want, and this was even founded by McKinsey, this was reiterated by McKinsey, is that they want to belong at work. And so it's not just progressive companies that should be focused on this. Everybody should be focused on it. It's, an, it's a necessary leadership skill, and it's a leadership skill of the future. Number two, what I learned is that diversity and inclusion and belonging should not be separate from leadership. It should be together. And I learned that because I led leadership development programs in corporations before I went on my own. I also did a ton of research. And after doing a ton of research and even coaching leaders, this is going to sound, this is going to sound crazy, but a lot of leaders are confused because they have this leadership agenda that the company wants them to follow. They have their personal leadership agenda. And then they have DEI over here. And they're like, they don't really know how to blend or mesh those together. So it's, we blame the leaders, but 
look at look at the organizations need to be looking at themselves. The third thing that I learned is that everybody deserves to belong and everybody can find a culture where they belong. The work is not necessarily easy, but I, I do this work with one-on-one with executives today. And so if you're if you're someone out there that's like, yeah, I don't really feel like I belong. I don't feel like I'm psychologically safe at work. Know that you can you can do that, but it takes some time and effort. Oh, I appreciate that. It's one of those things I had never heard about psychological safety until about like three years ago. And like, and, and, and the more I understand it, the more I understand the diversity and inclusion and the, the equity piece of all of that, you realize how they're not like separate parts. And I think that one thing that I really take away is that their leadership skills for the future that are probably like too late, you know, like they're the, for the future that they probably should have been five, 10, 15 years ago, if people were really on right. top of it, how do you see the, <laughs> the field growing and what are you seeing with teams to kind of pull that out a little bit longer? You mean the, the, the growth and the change? Is yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. So I've been on both sides of it, so I don't want to say this in a judgmental way, but when I was leading leadership development teams and, and larger companies, we, we basically did these leadership development programs and you would go through a couple trainings and then you'd be done. But there's actually also research that says that if you, if you pair coaching, the power of coaching with, with every single training or every single workshop or learning experience you do, there's like a 50% increase in uh, retention. There's a 50% increase in, in effectiveness There's a 50% increase in actions. And so it's, that's, that's what I'm seeing evolve. And that's, that's where, that's what we do. That's basically the intersection of what we do. Uh, the nucleus of what we do is we, uh, we, we actually take advantage of that power of coaching. We're all credentialed coaches. And instead of just taking leaders through workshops, we take them through the customized experiences and coaching is a part of that. And they're learning, instead of learning over like a month, they're learning over six months or they're learning over a year and they're making a, a transformation. I know we talk a lot about organizational transformations, but we don't talk about leadership transformations, like mm. internally, personally, and that's what we do. That's that's basically our secret sauce. Yeah. And if I just to under, make sure I understand that when you say like the kind of balance between training and coaching, you see it at like the level of team and then the level of individual, is that the distinction yeah. between the two? Yeah. There's level of team, there's level of individual, and there's also the, the depth, right. And, and everybody listening, you can all remember that you've, you probably all worked for a company where you had to do like a compliance training online, right. Or you had to do something online. And so that's another piece that we have to we have to talk about. It's like we're talking depth. Like we're not just talking about, you know, how to be a better leader, five skills you need. We're we're going deep. We're going into embodiment of that stuff. And so that's that's the change that I'm seeing. Yeah. And one of the things, because we're in a similar space, but at a different level, you know, where we really work is that a leadership team alignment. So making sure that the leadership team has that piece. And to your earlier point around saying, hey, how do I fit in with that bigger picture, having that at the top down? So the organizational journey, the team journey, and then the individual journey. Yeah. And, and I think that that's one thing that I haven't heard a lot of is the individual manager or leader, what their progression, both in terms of depth and breadth to be able to do that and to make sure that they're not like, hey, we did a team building workshop right. three years right. ago. You should be fine that it really is an ongoing journey. 
I recently read on your LinkedIn that you had led a, a workshop with a group and they said, oh my gosh, like this is making me change my career and, and we're considering that. So maybe you can talk me through and talk our listeners through a little bit around what does that individual journey look like and what are some of the things that either you've experienced in your journey as a leader or with your clients that you've seen like, hey, like from beginning to end, what does that transformation like come out yeah. looking like? Yeah. So we could go back to the, the LinkedIn post and I could talk about how we got there. So this was a, a client where we did a we did a strategy a series of strategy sessions and we we did them below the surface you know I facilitated them below the surface and what that means is that instead of just having coming in there and doing strategy it, it's like i i asked them you know before they came to the session i i listened to all their voices i heard all their voices i brought everything that they said into the fold I asked them more about more than strategy, right? Because sometimes you go into these and you're like, whatever, what's your strategic plan? But I asked them about power dynamics and fears and like, you know, if this didn't work, what would happen? And so, uh, and that's exactly how I facilitated it. I made sure that power was neutralized in the room, that people had a voice and that I was acknowledging their fears instead of just trying to push them forward into productivity, which we do a lot of, right? And everybody has like neurodiversity, everybody doesn't think that way. And so when you're doing that, it's not, it's really actually not very effective. And I, like I said, I worked for a lot of companies where this was the way of work because everything needed to be done fast. And so that's where that personal transformation starts is there's a lot of self-awareness that comes into the room when we're doing these things. And that's where that post came from. And there's also just a lot of psychological safety. And when there's a lot of psychological safety, people are going to have more clarity they're going to voice their their thoughts more. Um, they're going to voice their fears more, and everybody's the org is just going to be uh, more productive overall. So yeah, so that's how that that looks, and that's how that looked with that post you're referring to. Awesome, well, I love that. Well, again, if we take that that self awareness piece, one of the things that in our kind of pre talk you were saying, hey, when I did that assessment, I was able to identify that strategic thinking was up there. And then once you are able to identify that kind of the whole world, like change for you because your own self-awareness became clear. But I think that you found, a, you know, the spot where you belong in the world and that might be a, a reach there, but I find like understandings oneself in, is being so, like, so critical to being able to understand kind of how you fit and where you want to fit in the rest of the world system structures and, and teams that you work in. So, uh, from your perspective, how does individual belonging and individual awareness play into the ability to develop oneself as a leader within a system? Yeah. I mean, if if you belong, if you feel like you have a sense of belonging, then you probably have a sense of psychological safety. And if you have that, then you're going to take more risk. You're going to do your best work. You're going to go outside the box. You're going to, you're going to share things that are uncomfortable to share that you may think you shouldn't share, but you're going to do it anyways. And so if, when you have that, the growth is radical, right? Like you can, you can pretty much do anything in an org. And I, I talk about this a lot in the book about the leaders I had where before we knew what the word psychological safety was, that they had a lot of it. And they were the people that were most looked up to. They were the people that were the most promoted. They were the people that were most respected. And so 
the, the opposite of that, Anthony, I'll, I'll say what that would look like. If you don't have it, you're going to go through the motions. And it's like what I talked about earlier. It's like, oh gosh, I guess I have to do this team activity, even though I'm feeling really uncomfortable and my team doesn't really appreciate anything I say, I guess I'm just going to go through the motions and do this. But if you, if it's on the opposite end and you do, you do have that sense of belonging and you do have that sense of psychological safety, that's, that's when you're really going to be able to access that radical growth. I hope you're enjoying today's conversation. I promise we'll be right back. But I wanted to ask you a quick question. Are you trying to organize a strategic planning process for your team? Or are you wanting to get your team realigned and refocused on what's most important for your organization? If yes, it might be time for a conversation with the folks at SME Strategy. Their facilitators can lead your team through a series of important conversations to help your team uncover what's most important and most impactful for the future success of your organization. Visit smestrategy.net and schedule a conversation to see if they are a fit to partner with you as you move towards your one destination. And now, let's get us back to the episode. And what can, because that, that was an interesting point, because I was reflecting on the, how can managers tell if there is psychological safety, like within the group, mm-hmm. what can they do to foster it? But on the flip side, you know, if, if your employees, I don't know how to say this, it's not that they don't belong, but if they, if you don't think that they have a belonging, maybe they shouldn't be in your organization or as in like, maybe they don't fit. That's like the culture fit piece. And then the, how do you foster belonging with the people that should be in the organization? So Mm -hmm. I guess it's the practical, how does a leader foster that belonging and make sure that people are in the right seat at the right time? You know, it's, it's interesting that you talked about culture fit, because I always talk about culture ad. So I'm on the other side of that coin where it's like, when you are hiring people, it's, um, and I talk about this a lot in leading below the surface. So I have, I have a, concept I call real leadership, relatable, equitable, aware, and loyal. And loyal is what I'm going to talk about. So what, what I see is employers don't have loyalty to people who are different from them. So what happens is right now, Anthony, a lot of companies are hiring people different from them. They need to. They, they want to stay relevant. Um, they want to make sure that they are able to connect with different markets. And a lot of their potential clients won't do business with them if they don't look like them. So there's all these things that are happening, but um, what happens is like when you, when they're hiring, and I've seen this quite a bit, they're hiring people different from them and they might not communicate the same way the team does, or they might have different types of boundaries or they might have fun differently, right? It's so easy for people to say, well, they don't fit, but what about the ad of that? What about instead of that, hey, yeah, we don't have fun that way. We go golfing, but hey, she actually has a good idea. Like maybe we could go, we can go, you know, do cooking together. Or we could go do something else together. We could do something active together. Or maybe, yeah, she's not a fast thinker. We're all fast thinkers. That doesn't mean she doesn't fit, but maybe we need to change our team dynamic to be more inclusive towards different types of thinkers. And that's how you create that culture of belonging is like you have to really challenge yourselves. And I coach so many executive teams that are kind of caught in they're, they're caught in their own bias because they're, they all look, they're all demographically the same. And um, it's like what you said, there's like this fit that they have in mind, but if they have that fit in mind, then they're going to exclude pretty much everyone they bring on that team. That's different, whether it's a different gender race, whether it's neurodiversity, whatever it is. Um, And I think a lot of people jump to race and they say that's where it starts, but there's also, 
people think differently. And there's, you know, there's one team I coached and they were, there were a lot of talkers. And like, if you didn't talk a lot, then you were considered to not have anything to say. And that's not a way to make people feel like they belong. So, you know, it's like really listening to your team. And I, I talk about two different types of listening in the book, person to person listening, which is traditional active listening. And I talk about person to belonging listening. And so I want to, person to belonging listening is taking a step back and observing instead of trying to steer the ship and just operate in the same way you are, take a step back and, and observe and see who's talking the most, who's fitting in, especially when you hire a new team member, try to see if they're fitting in, if they're, if they're speaking up and if they're not then observe that and go to them and try to figure out a way to make them speak up more or differently or in different ways so people can hear them. So I know that was kind of a long response to that, but it's so important because there's so many companies. And again, it's just like, this is like a current thing I work on a lot where people feel like someone's not fitting or they're hiring someone different. And they're like, wait, they're not like us. So we got to get them out. No, you got to listen better. You got to listen better and figure out how to uh, create a culture of belonging with that new person that you brought in because you hired them for a reason. Yeah. Well, I think it's, and this is very fascinating for me because like last year we put on a diversity inclusion uh, and equity conference. And for part of that was really being able to understand that. And then there's like facilitator me who advises other people on talking about like culture, not culture fit, but really like determining a set of behaviors that are consistent with us being able to accomplish our mission. For example, uh, we say, hey, communication looks good to us, uh, you know, being proactive or being coachable. And those behaviors from a person standpoint, it doesn't say you have to be black and coachable. You have to be brown. And like, so it doesn't include that race or background or ethnicity. It's just, hey, these are the things we expect you to do, not your whole being. And so I guess it's the balance that I'm reflecting and challenging myself on is saying, hey, you know, I guess it's what do we view culture as to make mm -hmm. like behaviors that we want to live distinct from culture at is in what does this person bring as a whole entity that complements us and builds on us such that we aren't creating a homogeneous yeah. set of not a homogeneous set of behaviors, but a, a homogeneous set of being. Did, did I kind of explain that? Yeah, I'm trying to unpack yeah. those and make those distinct. That does under that that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's uh, the, the the one thing I will add. This is a great conversation. Is that a lot of organizations and and I did you know I was a culture leader for quite a while. We have these behaviors and competencies that we're holding people to. But when you're doing that and you're doing it so actively, sometimes you don't even know what your culture really is. Like you're, this is like an idealistic thing, but if you don't take a step back and observe and like really connect, you, you don't really know what your culture is. You're trying to, you're trying to build something that's aspirational. And I'm not saying like, yeah, it's important to have values. And Anthony, it sounds like you do a lot of that work, Like companies need values. They need the things that are like their DNA, but it's like when you're defining that, it's like doing more than just you know, doing it in a vacuum where you're talking to like senior leaders and you're all talking about what you want to be instead of like just observing and seeing how people respond to those words or, you know, for a culture to be strong, the values have to be shared. And a lot of these times the values are not shared. So if you're talking about communication, like, well, what kind of communication? Like, let's make this so it's a shared value. Like, you know, maybe adapting to different types of communication or, you know, being inclusive about different types of communication, but I don't know, but it's like, 
if if you're doing these values and you're putting them out there and if they're not shared by your employees, I'm, they mean nothing. Yeah, I think that's just such a good perspective is when you're at the CEO level, regardless if you're a 20 person, 200 person, 2000 person company, the gap between your ideal and reality. And that's why I really like the idea of like below the surface, like you're actually getting there. And I don't know if this is explicit with what you mean, but the idea of top down, which from what I understand, you're saying like top down is bullshit for lack of a better word. That's not what you said, but like the actual bottom up is if there's such a disconnect between up here and down here, then you're going to have a problem because there's dissonance and then there's what you say versus what you're acting. And then it just creates no psychological safety going back to there because there's two different (laughs) messages and it's impossible to work with it. Right. Absolutely. Awesome. I'm so enjoying chatting with you because it's um, for listeners. There's a lot of nuance to this. Like mm-hmm. there's so many books, there's so many things and, and being able to kind of put it in place, you're going to screw it up. But I think the, what I've learned in my journey as a coach and leader is it's a daily practice of improving. And I guess, again, Latanya, going back to what you're saying, being able to develop leaders on that path to incrementally improve on an individual level, as well as a team is critical to being able to develop that psychological safety and belonging within the entire organization. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is all of that stuff is so important. Um, So just as we finish up here, you know, what are, what's the last, what do you want to leave our, our listeners with? What do you want to what them to consider or what do you want to challenge them with as they move forward and delivering their work with their teams? I'll go back to the P2B listening and I want to challenge all of you instead of trying to steer the ship or trying to create the culture you want or the ideals that you want, take a step back instead and listen and, and observe and see, see who your team really is because you're going to learn so much more from that than you would through a bunch of focus groups trying to develop your values. Or, you know, if you want to do that, do it concurrently, but you do need, that's the missing link. A lot of the times is, you know, you're going to these focus groups and you're telling people what to do or you're giving them words to react to. And that's too far. So before you do that, um, try to do the listening first. So that's that's my biggest challenge for everyone. It's really hard to listen, especially now with so much going on in the world, but it's it's, pro- it's probably the more, most important leadership skill we have that we have to craft. Awesome. Well, folks, over the next couple of weeks, as you move forward with your team, be sure to develop that listening skill and so that you can elevate your capacity to improve and, and drive your team forward. Uh, Latanya, where can people get a hold of you? Where can they get your book? Yeah. So the book's available everywhere, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, whatever. Um, so you can order it there, bookshop, wherever you buy books, it's probably sold. And then you can get a hold of me, LinkedIn, uh, I'm most active there, and then Instagram at Latanya Coaching, which I'm sure you'll put in the show, the show notes. We absolutely will. You're one of the first people who have dropped Instagram on here. So I'm always <laughs> curious to see like where people, I'm just waiting for, you know, just check me out on TikTok and watch me do. Uh, oh reels. no, I will never do that. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Well, Latanya, thank you so much for chatting. It was really, really cool to like hear your perspective on this. And, uh, you know, I think that's what's really great about other professionals in this space and you as leaders to challenge each other with our own biases of what we absolutely. think good looks like. Yeah. Um, 
So thank you for making the time today. Yeah, this was a great conversation. Thank you, Anthony. Awesome. Folks, my guest today, LaTanya Wilkins, who is the founder of Change Coaches and the author of Leading Below the Service. So be, be sure to check her out and then uh, pick up the book and just, uh, again, take on that challenge to listen more as you develop and work with your teams. So thanks for listening. My name is Anthony Taylor. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We post twice a week, so you can count on us for your weekly source of content to help you grow and expand as a leader. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider giving us a review. We read every single one, and it helps us make a better show for you, the listener. Also, it helps more people find the show, which means we can help as many people as possible. We appreciate you listening and following along, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as Anthony says, until next time.